Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Fay and I'm out here still in Australia with Samuel Luckhurst. We're enjoying the Perth sunshine and we've enjoyed our first game of the pre-season tour as well, a 2-0 win over Perth Glory. Uh, Samuel, what were your initial thoughts on that game? It was at the lovely Optus Stadium. It was a good turnout really, I think just over 50,000. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, th- I think the lady, uh, the day of the press conference on the Wednesday said it was going to be around 52,000 so they got a good crowd in for it it is it's an impressive city it's an impressive stadium uh, personally very much enjoy going to the Wacker given the, the cricket heritage there but in terms of the, the game itself I mean I've done a piece today it's, the intro is kind of like it's, it's even questioning our uh, existence on these tours because it's always difficult to glean something from the matches. But in fairness to Solskjaer, even though he did play two different 11s, one in the first half, one in the second half, um, there weren't any square pegs jammed into round holes or anything like that. It, it seemed like there were conscious decisions made with the selections. It wasn't just like a tombola selection, take your pick and this is the team you come out with. And... I think overall it was it was a relatively respectable performance. I know the first half was was pretty drab, but Daniel James did show some promise. There was his his running in both directions. I think was an antidote to what we've seen from a lot of United forwards in recent years, in, in that they've been a bit too selfish and they've not had that willingness to track back. That that he goes in both directions is a plus. I think just going off the early impressions, I think there's a he, he could be someone who actually again I hesitate to say it because it's, it is a, it is the, the first game 45 minutes against Perth Glory yes a, a exactly but you can see why he could uh, improve the pressing yeah he's certainly different, the different to what they had last season isn't he to yeah. immediately so he's not afraid to take take players on with the yeah. ball he's always looking to get in behind I think he attempted some like three crosses in the first ten minutes yeah. and a couple of five them, to be honest yeah it was no it game. definitely was the first five minutes and a couple of them were quite flat yeah. um, and, and were easily cleared but again you don't want to be too critical you don't want to praise them too much it was the same with Juan Bissaka in the second half in that I think when, when the stats dropped at full time they were near flawless defensively but the thing that was striking from his his half was that Solskjaer asked him to come over and was pretty much telling him you need yeah. to get further forward and there was a massive acreage for him to do it and he, he just didn't and that's going to be a period of adaptation for him in the unfortunately for him in a way even though he's a defender I think he's going to be judged on how he performs as an attacker yeah. because United have just not had that that modern sophisticated right back or left back maybe uh, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on Luke Shaw there but someone who's actually getting up and down and, and making a real uh, impact in the final third so th- they, th- the new signings were perfectly fine uh, Rashford took his goal well James Garner got a nice goal I thought they were United were more incisive in the second half with, with Matter and, and Angel Gomez um, linking up quite well Greenwood was decent again he had almost a carbon copy of his Chance against Cardiff, yeah. where the keeper just tips it onto the post. But I think maybe the you know, that that's that was probably the niche takeaway from it, and that I think Greenwood, even though he has had such little time playing with the first team, I think by virtue of them not strengthening the right wing, he has to be a credible option to play there. 
Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, you mentioned him as well earlier, Angel Gomez. Of all the youngsters, when we said on the podcast pre-match as well, that maybe he's the one whose stock's gone from the, being the most exciting youngster to maybe the one who's bottom of that, that quartet really bad. But probably the most impressive for me, definitely Angel Gomez. Yeah, on, well, that was the irony of it. We were talking about him maybe being at the bottom of the pile, but his, his dribbling, his footwork, um, it, it looked a lot more polished. It looked like he had a, a renewed sense of self-belief about him. I think what's... They're small gestures, but even just getting a bumped up squad number, I think yeah. he has to take um, some some encouragement from Greenwood's got a new squad number as well, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and I, th- I, th- I mean, the way he operated, he, again, he didn't really have a fixed role. It was, I was it was difficult to work out whether they had a two man midfield or whether it was a yeah. a four three three. But he is one of those players who, uh, certainly in terms of his ability, he can come in from the left he can play probably on the left of a midfield three as well so he offers Solskjaer options there the question is whether he will do it when the competitive football starts and again I know I said that it's difficult sometimes to take take you know, glean things from pre-season games but thinking back to last year Pereira played well started the season the season before that Jones and Bailly were um only played alongside each other and Lindelof and Smalling only played alongside each other because Jones and Bay were suspended I think for the first couple of European yeah. games so Mourinho had his domestic centre-backs and his European centre-backs given that they were starting the season with the, the Super Cup and I think going back to 2015 looking at it Van Gaal literally played the same back four and the same front four in all four games and the middle two of Carrick and Schneidlin uh, I think started all but one of the games, and that was because he was one. He he saw that pre-season as an opportunity to go with that team for the start of the season. And come the start of the season, I think Phil Jones was typically the one who got injured yeah. and lost his place. Smalling came in. Smalling did really well, but that was the weird thing about that pre-season because you thought, why is he playing Jones, not yeah. Smalling, with Daily Blind, and why is he playing in four-two-three-one when they yeah. ended the season? pretty well with the 4-3-3 so these even though you know, we, we complain about them as uh, these games as spectacles they they can serve as you know some significance yeah you uh, see going the, ahead. the foundation's been laid in that aspect I guess absolutely the thing the, maybe the issue now for Solskjaer is you've seen Gomez looking quite good we always said that he's maybe more suited to a, a league like the Spanish league you see where Barcelona are interested Teeth Chong he grew into the game he looked maybe a bit, bit weak which is understandable he's getting mm. bullied a bit but uh, for United, they the all got to stay, surely, because they've got Europa League, Carabao Cup. So maybe it could be January if any of the players were to leave on loan and expect them all to still be there at the start of the season. Yeah, I think with, with Chong, um, he's, he's just not really taken his chance. And he has had chances now. He looked now. on the left, ironically, didn't he? Well, that's the thing. He did rally towards the end of the half when he was, um, when he was moved over there. And as you said, during the game, it was worrying that Daniel James yeah. uh, was 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 kind of like faded from the game when he played on the right. Yeah. So again, that that is a problem position there. But you would think, from Chong's perspective, um, that's that right right hand side is is the one where he's really got to cement his place. But I think I think he's played about four times, four competitive games now, and he's not really. He did all right when he came on against Huddersfield. Yeah, I thought he was eager, shot, but again, this, that that shot was from the left-hand channel rather than the right-hand channel. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, United have got maybe a traditional winger on their hands again. But 
it kind of that that order in terms of who who looks most ready for the first team it has changed a fair bit over the last year I think you'd probably had Chong at the top at one stage uh, maybe a year ago possibly less than that even because he got into the um, he was in the match they scored for the Juventus game in, in October I think it was but he seems more of an impact sub at the moment still. Um, he, he, that was the case against uh, Club America, I think, in Phoenix last year. As I said, when he came on against Huddersfield, he did all right. But when he is getting these starts and friendlies, he's he hasn't taken his chance yet. He didn't against San Jose Earthquakes last year. Um, Alexis Sanchez was on his case quite a bit during that game. It was a, it was a terrible game, ended nil-nil. And I know... The eleven was completely different the other night, but these are opportunities for him that he can't really pass up on. But then you know, Gomez comes in and he looks pretty polished. Greenwood looks quite promising as well. So he'll, he'll get another opportunity, but it, it doesn't really. I I can't really see him getting anywhere near the Chelsea squad in the first day of the season. I think there's a very good chance Greenwood will be Definitely on the bench at the very least. But with Chong, he, he does seem like the one who's who's more primed for a loan but again we're going off one game yeah. he might be brilliant against Leeds United and then we we, we look stupid yeah. and sound as jet lagged as, <laughs> as we feel well as I feel anyway yeah. we'll see in the next podcast what happens with that um, so in terms of the players who have impressed you most is it just a simple case that it's been Daniel and all about Daniel James I know everyone on social media was really loving him saying that you know he's, he's got a real chance and you would expect him to start on the opening day against Chelsea I know it's uh, quite far away still but uh, who else has impressed you or is it just Daniel James the one that you can really pick anything from it well the, the, the weird thing was I, I gave him a 6 out of 10 because I, as I said I thought he did fade after he, he, he took a few bad fouls and after the yeah. last one he didn't really seem to get involved as much but again you don't want to be too critical because it's just 45 minutes it's his first playing time in over two months he, he, he did reasonably well I thought it was it was positive. If you do a scouting report of it, you you wouldn't be that negative yeah. at all whatsoever. Um, as I said, I thought Greenwood had some nice moments. Uh, Matter again, I think he was very incisive with his one-touch play. He didn't look like he'd ever been away. I thought Pogba did quite well as well um, in terms of he was played. He played a very unassuming role, shall we say, in that he was a lot deeper and he was on 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 the right of, of, of yeah. the central midfield, which was kind of interesting and in that one I've done a piece about it so I hope it's I hope it's interesting for people show your numbers and see yeah 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 when, when this goes out at lunchtime UK time um, but it's the fact that uh, he, he was talking with Juan Bissaka before the second half started yeah. he was telling him to get up and down if you've got a combination of Pogba, Juan Bissaka and Greenwood it's idealistic as it sounds um, that that is exciting prospectively uh, whether it actually ever happens in a competitive game remains to be seen. Does Pogba stay? Does Greenwood continue on that right-hand slot? We don't know uh, for certain yet. But I think from you know, just just looking at Pogba and observing him in training and, and the game uh, over the last week, his his body language has been fine. There've been no issues there. Um, it's it's rare we get to watch more than fifteen minutes of United training and. Just, just seeing these rapport with the players and the feel good at it is a feel good atmosphere certainly in compar- compared with the um, the pre season tour last year. Um, said he, he's he's looked upbeat. He's seen that way. Um, I know he stopped briefly for, for us in the mix zone, yeah. and 
it wasn't really cryptic. He says something like, "What do you say? Nothing to say. There's nothing to say. Nothing to talk about." Uh, which must have relieved the United officials nearby. So, yeah, whatever night it was played, was it Saturday night Saturday they played? Night, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, all, it's just merging into yeah, one yeah, it really, it, it really so. is. Um, it, it was, it was fine. It, yeah, I think greatest challenges lie ahead. It was a, it was a pretty obliging warm up game for them. Yeah, it was a, well, I guess you could say a perfect start, and the, the fact that it was so maybe not eventful and a straightforward win. But uh, you mentioned Pogba, Pogba there, and he did sort of uh, showcase his leadership uh, role in the way that he did just sit back and, and bring others into the play on Saturday. And after the game, the uh, the question of the captain's armband came up yeah. again. Ashley Young wore it, and Solskjaer said that until they decide. It will be basically Ashley Young in, until the start of the season. Uh, but he did say that Pogba is someone maybe in contention to get the armband permanently. That's a good move from Solskjaer to, to give it to Young at the moment and then and see. Because I guess it might, might lie on the on where the future's lie. You can't give it to Pogba and then maybe he leaves and then what do you do? It's just embarrassing, isn't mm. it? So. It would have been more of a story if he... Because it was... I mean, I asked him about the captaincy issue and he said, not been decided yet. And then the easy follow-up for us was, is Pogba... Yeah. Uh, a contender it would have been more of a story if he said no yeah so I don't think I, I have no problem with him saying that I mean he, he just killed the story stone dead it, it was it was a slight story that Pogba's a contender but as I said it would have been it would have been you know back page news if he said he's he's not going to be captain um, having defended him as in that impassioned way he did on Wednesday it, it it was inevitable that he would say he, he was a contender for that role. Um, I still think it'll be fascinating to see who actually does get it on a full-time basis. Uh, it says a lot that he's still undecided about that. I mean, he's had two months of not seeing the players to, to make that yeah. decision if he wanted to, but it looks like they'll they'll play the rest of these games. They've got five more, and then there'll probably be an announcement just before the start of the season. Um Chelsea games on 11th of August so he's got who, who would you give it to is, is there any, any any candidate you would say at the moment who, who is the front runner or, or any any decision you think would be a good one for the for maybe the sake of the team and, and for the dressing room <laughs> you can see the argument behind Ashley Young getting it because he's an experienced player and he's, he, he might not always have the backing of the fans but he's someone who's been played out of position it might just be the easy route doing that because yeah. he'll have one more year and well, he's like the they did it with Carrick they did it with Valencia yeah Ashley Young next, um. but it. De- but I suppose in Young's case, um, and with Carrick that season, he wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was Valencia. It was like nobody really. Yeah. Nobody really cared. Um, I'm in danger of being like that guy in um, planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> who, who doesn't know which to. Dis- he's uncertain which to decide yeah. over the um, the two options. Um, God. The least worst option, yeah. But then you, you can see why Pogba would get it if he does stay. And he does maybe. Yeah, I still think that would be a bad move, just yeah. for everything. That's... Even more power in his. In yeah, you empower and... him even more. I mean, at the moment they're keeping him in check. It, the, the situation has cooled, I think, yeah. a little bit. I think that would inflame it a little bit more, and it would make Solskjaer look weak. Um, I know people say Lindelof. Look, he's had one one. He's the least worst season. season. Yeah, um, Christ. Do you know what? It's, it's just so so that there is not. It, you might as well just rotate it. Yeah. Just just kind uh-huh. of like just kill any. Um, well, I guess at Man City they've got a leadership group, haven't they? They've yeah. Got a pool of five six players. Well, so. there's that. There, there is that option, and and Barcelona have a similar thing yeah, going on as well. Third and fourth choice sort of captains. Yeah. Just, uh, um, 
but United just they're, they're devoid of leaders and it sounds like they are going to struggle to sign leaders before the start of the, the season as well so that might just be the best way to go about it but it is an issue that and Matic said it at Everton in, in April after they lost that game he said we lack leaders today and I think he could just have not even mentioned today just lack leaders yeah. in general Full I think stop. that would be fair um, so yeah it's it's a tiring topic and I yeah. don't I don't have a, a legitimate answer for it really it's it's difficult even looking at the young players who could possibly step up to to, to inherit it there's not it's not an ideal yeah, so candidate. Yeah, so say maybe like someone like Rashford in a couple of years, but he's still so young himself and still so... Yeah, I don't think you want to burden him with that. Yeah. He needs to actually score 20 goals in a season first and yeah. then maybe he can enter the conversation at, at some stage later on down the line. Um, Just gets down the matter, yesterday, I think, certainly that time he was captain at Anfield, you thought, yeah. in, in that Europa League defeat, that, that really was already in a mission of defeat that yeah. night but I think people have warmed to it and he has that seniority and he still might play an awful lot this season given that I think he he's probably the um, the most experienced anyway player on that right hand side yeah. but again he's, he's not been a regular for some time is he going to become a regular this season it's possible so and, and I'm a little bit biased I suppose just yeah. because because I quite like the guy and, and he is a really good footballer still but He'd still be an imperfect choice. I don't think there's a perfect choice there. Yeah, I guess that's what's so fascinating about it. Even if it is a yeah. topic which drives makes you sigh as soon as you hear it. It but, does. Yes. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll come on to maybe the, the transfer latest in terms of buying a new leader later on. But uh, another player who, who briefly gave his little uh, comment in the next zone is Romelu Lukaku. Is still speculation over his future. He hinted that in the next week we will find something maybe a bit more concrete about yeah. where he lies. And of course. Mario Cardi's been sent home from Inter Milan yeah. to training camp. United play Inter Milan very soon. So, uh, what do you think is going to happen with Romelu Lukaku, Samuel? I think he will go eventually this summer um, because I think Inter don't want to um, frustrate or exasperate Antonio Conte in his first summer yeah. as um, as manager. And they they know from his time at Chelsea how agitated he can get if things don't go his way um, that said I think this, one of our colleagues mentioned the other day Inter's record signing is Christian Vieri still he cost £44 million pounds. so uh, the impression that was given before this, before the window opened was because of their back in this Chinese consortium that owns them that they'd have an awful lot of money to spend but it seems like they don't have as much as everybody thought they would I think it, you know, the carcass people have tried to give the impression that Icardi um, leaving the Inter pre-season camp is significant when I heard that I thought well he's such an irascible yeah. guy who who's fallen out with him already under the previous regime that it's just not that it's not that significant yeah. but of course they do want to replace Icardi with Lukaku um, you know, uh, the the slightest thing with Lukaku at the moment, he wasn't training for that open session, and you think, well, where is he? Is yeah. he left or what have you? No, he's in the gym up there. Um, so that you, you're always wondering, is is something going to happen there? And and as I said, I do think he probably will end up going at some stage this summer. And Inter have got until well, the end of August, yeah. start of September to do that. And United, by the way they're operating, seem 
there's, there's no one immediate in the pipeline to come in and replace Lukaku. Kind of would need to, to sign well, another player. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you don't think the uh, Rashford-Greenwood front two is, is enough for them to... No, or, or Sanchez. Yeah. Um, or Marshall, he played as number nine, didn't he? He started at least yeah, on Saturday, but, but un- I, underwhelming. The, the, yeah, the, the, the days where Marshall were, was a decent number nine option were when he was wearing the number nine under Louis yeah. van Gaal. Um, it's Maybe pretty, he needs it back to a rejuvenation. Yeah, it's, it's pretty strange how he's... Whenever you... It's, it's a struggle to think of him playing well in that role since, since van Gaal left. Um, and of course, he ended that Fungal season with uh, on on the left, and, and Rashford was through the middle. So in Lukaku, with Lukaku, he's he scored more goals than anyone bar Pogba last season, and he didn't have a good season yeah. at all. He missed so many chances, particularly at the start. They need to offset that. They they can't get by with with Rashford, Lingard, Sanchez, and they've they've got a lot of forwards there, but they've not got proven goal scorers in that squad. So whoever that would be coming in, I mean, whether it would be a, num- a number nine, wait, who's, who's yeah. that going to be? And they're going to cost an awful lot of money and United are reluctant to overpay for players, as Solskjaer has said. So it's another one where you think, do do they go for someone like Bruno Fernandes, who had a good goal-scoring record yeah. last season, who the club do like, but he's not a number nine and he's only really... Entered, not really entered the stratosphere as such, but he's become a part of the conversation within the last six months. Yeah. And he would be coming from a league in Portugal where, I mean, look how difficult Lindelof found it to adapt. And, and that's as a defender. I know it's a little bit more forgiving if you're an attacking midfielder. And there have been some very good Portuguese buys by Premier League clubs in recent years. But it's one thing playing for Wolves or Everton. It's a completely different... Um, kettle of fish if you go into Man United and you've got all that pressure weighing down heavily on you so you'd imagine United have got a contingency plan there yeah. if Lukaku does go and they're clearly open to they've always been open to selling him because I just don't think Solskjaer sees him as a um, as his profile of forward like Rashford or Lingard or Marshall uh, or Daniel James or even maybe Sanchez as, as strange as it Someone sounds a bit more fluid and yeah who can who can play across the lines and Lukaku has played on the wing and, and done quite. Arsenal, he was, yeah. He, that's that's immediately the game that springs to mind. But I think it's just appearances aren't deceiving with him. You look at him and he he still looks too bulky, and he could do with losing. I mean, you look at the picture of him when he was at Everton his yeah. first season or two. How much how lithe he looked, and yeah. he's, he just seems to have gained about two stone of, of muscle and. In the Premier League, that's that's pretty ill-advised because you've always got to be on your toes. You've got to be so quick. Yeah. The pace of the game always seems to be getting quicker as well. And I think Gary Neville commented after, I think it was after Lukaku's last game for United against Chelsea, he went on that run. He was like, look, Lukaku's huffing and puffing already because yeah. and panting. And Lukaku said himself he, he, he gained extra muscle mass for the World Cup last year, but you'd have thought he'd have lost it by now. <laughs> As blunt yeah. as as blunt as it is, uh, in terms of Lukaku, the last thing on him is uh, you mentioned that maybe Inter don't have as much money as as was previously thought. Uh, how, how much do you think it would cost? For them? What do you think the cheapest that you get Lukaku for? United will just want a straight up fee, maybe an add on. They, they want cash. There's the talk about. I mean, it doesn't take. Who was it the other day? Oh yeah, that's it. Maguire yesterday was trending because yeah. there's the. We'll come on to Maguire after this. Don't yeah, worry about that. yeah. Um, it's just like the slightest little development, however uh, tenuous, however spurious, yeah. 
and the Twitterati on it, like, he's coming, he's coming, yeah. is he coming, need to know more. You know, you tweet about the, the cricket or the tennis that you're trying to enjoy, yeah. and it's, but, but it's Bruno Fernandes coming, or, or what's the update yeah. on this guy? I think the, the, the best and worst example was that the Echo um, tweeted about how he'd just returned home, and it was scary because his house was on fire. Um, genu- it, li- yeah. it was literally on fire, and the first tweet was, is there any update on so-and-so? Yeah. You know, th- this this is what we, we have to deal with. So with Lukaku, no, they don't want Nyangolan, they don't want Icardi, why would they? These these guys, they're, they're not shot as such, but... Do you think Skriniar's anyone that would have been tempted by, but he's just signed his new contract anyway, hasn't he? That, well, it was only by a year, and obviously United looking at Maguire. Yeah. Um, Scri- Skriniar's still been a person of interest for United, and if nothing happens with Maguire, maybe they'll go down that route. But... Seems a bit they, fanciful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the fact they've they've already said they want cash to change their mind at the last minute, that would um that would hint at bad planning. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, United are yeah, United are prone to, but Everton have a um Everton get five million pounds of mm-hmm. whatever fee Lukaku goes for, which doesn't seem like an awful lot of money yeah. at all given United getting twenty five percent of however much Wilfred Zaha costs when yeah. he goes, although I think he's going to be out of price of a move this summer. So United don't want, don't want to make a loss on a player who's 26, who's got three years left in his contract, who is still a decent goal scorer despite having a poor season and is also highly coveted by a manager who wants him two years ago. So I think in what is an inflated market, they're entitled to want um, at least the £75 million they recouped for him. But given the 75 Given five million would go to Leicester, that's why the price is driven up that little bit more, and you're looking at around eighty million pounds or north of eighty million pounds. I think if into to negotiate a fee for that, I think there'd have to be an initial down payment and then some very achievable add-ons. But it's whether United want to go with that, um, and when these add-ons would yeah. would come. I mean, I think Marshall Marshall scored at Burnley about. April 2017 and that triggered the payment which meant it went up to £44 million so it it depends on the player I mean I have no idea still whether Lukaku's fee went up to £90 million in terms of his add-ons yeah. as, as part of the Everton deal because if it, if it did then and he was United, he is United's record signing but that's that's never been confirmed by the club yeah it'd be interesting so do you think there is any chance well, obviously there is going to be a chance that Romelu Lukaku stays but you know he's already said that Conte is the best coach in the world yeah. at the moment do you think he has almost sort of burnt his bridges in that to stay beyond the summer or I don't think he's burnt his bridges as such but he seems in a weird way he seems kind of like more apathetic about the situation than Pogba does in his yeah. situation um and I know it's easy to say that because Lukaku didn't play the game the other night, although he's carrying a little injury, so they yeah. no point risking him. And he wasn't the only one who sat out that game as well. But I think because you know, these, these things do take time, but this has dragged an awful long time already, it wouldn't surprise me if the clubs don't manage to get a breakthrough. I mean, ultimately, yeah. even though Inter are a Champions League club... Um, and really want Lukaku they, they're not that big a draw um, they don't spend an awful lot of money in transfer windows traditionally and um, yeah, 
the sports director was over last week had had a conversation and it was like right I go home and now we yeah. that awful phrase prepare the bid <laughs> and you're thinking Christ did they not offer this loan with an obligation to buy a month ago yeah. or something like that so I think there's been a sense of impatience from Lukaku's camp that Inter have taken quite a long time over this um, and certainly there was a wish from Lukaku's part to try and get it sorted or to try and advance to a stage where he didn't have to go on the tour yeah. so then he could start pre-season training with Inter but that was always going to be quite fanciful and um, yeah it wouldn't surprise me if he's a United player at the start of the season but it was a little telling that Solskjaer I mean he refused to say outright that there's yeah. a chance for him being a United player at the start of the season I just, uh, the, the quote that was given to me was that Lukaku's body is with United but his head is in Milan so I think all parties want it to happen so there's always going to be that there's always an auspicious chance of it happening but I'm going to bore myself just talking <laughs> about this but but it's dragged on yeah. so long that it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't happen <laughs> There you go. It's your Monday morning, <laughs> morning pessimism brain. You're listening there. Uh, that will send people to sleep on the trams and the trains, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, if that's going to have their eyes rolling, Harry Maguire's next up on the agenda. There was the uh, the report that frightened a few of us on Sunday night that, uh, yes. that one, uh, one Red Top said that uh, a medical was going to be today on Monday and that, uh, that a fee had been agreed. But uh, the truth behind it all is that it doesn't seem like it has been agreed at the moment. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like he's uh, Harry Maguire is going to be in Scunthorpe playing for for Leicester this evening. Yeah. I think that's who they're playing. He's been in Evian, um training with with them uh, in France. Yeah, he's not kicked up a fuss, has he? Really? No, he's gone about it in a, in a professional manner, which I guess is what makes him such an attractive prospect. There's lots of signs, isn't it? The yeah, there, there aren't many players that actually do kick off these days because of loyalty payments. Yeah. And I think what I was told from um, Maguire's camp was that where he's the main man at Leicester. And also, he's very, very popular with England. He doesn't really want to um, endanger that status because if he does go to United or he does go to City, because City like him as well, that popularity he has with the England contingent yeah. isn't going to. It's going to be half that, if that, just by virtue of playing for a big club. I think because he plays for one of the unfashionable clubs, so to speak, uh, he's he's curried favour. With, with England fans and of course he, he did well at the World Cup last year um, I mean shouldn't need to say it but the story about him having a, about the beard being accepted being lined up for medical is, is nonsense yeah. United said it was nonsense on um, on Sunday evening there are only so many times you can do stories about United aren't going to sign yeah. this play I mean it, we'd, we'd have about three stories a day if it that were the case just- Meaningless updates, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get an update when there's a genuine update. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, with Lamina, Southampton, Southampton briefed that United had inquired about him, but my suspicion at the time was that United hadn't. Yeah. And United said it, it really was a case of Southampton whipping up an auction. We've seen it before this summer, and Kevin Strootman's name came out, and I think it, I think the line that Sky ran was that Everton and Manchester United have yeah. an op- option to. Um, I've been off the chance yeah. to sign him. Now, with that, one of the guys who's who's part of the agency that represents Strootman is an Everton fan. So you think, 
you'd quite like him yeah. at Everton because he's his client. And secondly, of course, you think Strootman, you think United yeah. because Van Gaal wanted him all those years ago. And it whips up an auction as well and it makes the player look wanted. So you 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 learn quite quickly how to join the dots with these things. Yeah. And with Maguire, he is he's a player that United obviously like, that they have bid for, that they are holding talks about. Um, but the clubs are still somewhere apart on their valuation. When United bid £70 million, I thought that was just a tactic to try and kill off City's interest because yeah. you, you suspected that City wouldn't wouldn't compete with them at that at that level um, for him. But you also knew that given that Maguire was valued at £75 million by Leicester last year yeah. and he's since signed a new contract and his stock hasn't really dwindled. And in fact, he is the... When it comes to the England defence, he's the one certainty. Carl Walker isn't. John Stones isn't. I'd even say, even though he probably, less fans say he is, Ben Chilwell, it chops and changes. Danny Rose might have a good start to the season. Suddenly he's back in again. Maguire's the one constant there, as, as well as Pickford. And with Pickford, there might be a bit of pressure put on him this season. Especially if Dean Henderson... If Dean Henderson plays for Sheffield United on loan and if Jack Butland gets a yeah. Premier League loan move as well. Um, but Maguire is the one constant that you know come the Euro qualifiers whenever they are in September that he's the one who's going to be starting. John Stones might not be. Alexander Arnold might come in for Walker. Chilwell Rose, sure. Whoever else. Wan-Bissaka. wan is another contender as well, of course, at right-back. So... Uh, so Obviously, that just drives Maguire's price up, and it's it's a world record fee for a defender. And United want to be doing that. They said last year they they were prepared to do it. They seem a lot more prepared to do it this year, um, but they've still not made that central defensive addition. You mentioned that already once in the podcast about maybe the potential like right wing has, but for you with a back four of Shaw, Lindelof, Maguire, and Wan-Bissaka, that's quite an exciting back four. Do you think that'd be? a certain improvement on what they had last season it would um, th- there were still some caveats with it and it, I mean some people might think I've got down on one bissaka I haven't I'm just, yeah. just looking at it from a realistic perspective in that they've I do think it's a risk that, it, that they've taken in signing two young raw mm. right backs in successive summers it energises and make brings some dynamism to that area which they needed to do yeah. which is good um, Wan-Bissaka we saw the other night like just looking at his stats near flawless um, he's, he's good at sliding tackles great spider yes he's got the spider nickname mm-hmm. um, and if you need someone to wrap Meek Mill yes yes and there have been various um, different variants on, on his name from uh, our colleagues over here who, who haven't heard of him who haven't quite got the pronunciation <laughs> right either but as as one of our colleagues did say, if you're making sliding tackles, that tends to imply that position. your positioning isn't quite right there. And as I said, the one game where there was intense speculation, scrutiny on him in that England under-21 game, he had, as a Palace fan said on, on Twitter, one of the season ticket holders, that was his worst game. Yeah. And you think, crikey, OK, well, he needs to sort that when he's about to play for United and you're going to be scrutinise every yeah. single game whether it's a 3pm kickoff, whether it's a mundane friendly in Perth whether it's a Europa League game whatever um, and I think just look, just going off early impressions Dallow is probably the more 
natural attack minded fullback, even though Wan Bissaka played as a winger um, yeah. in his teenage uh, in the academy at Palace. And that's going to be because Wan Bissaka has played for a defensive team in Palace under Roy Hodgson, who's very um, pragmatic coach a good coach at that level but of course Wambasaka's remit when you're playing for a club like Crystal Palace is pretty much defend leave the attack into yeah. Townsend Zaha those guys which is fair enough um, he's going to have to develop that at United and you just think okay if he goes in doesn't play particularly well in the game then it's a, a League Cup or a Europa League game Dallow comes in Dallow plays really well yeah. and, you think, and he was good on the week He's good on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was pretty. He was he was quite proactive. He was getting up and down. He was providing width. So then, if Dallow plays well in one of these midweek games, yeah. so well that Solskjaer thinks, okay, I need to play him in the weekend game, which is the big game. Suddenly, Wambasak is trending on Twitter because people are saying, so you've paid thirty million pounds for a right back, thirty million pounds more yeah. for this right back when the other right back exactly. is now playing ahead of him. So you you can foresee that happening. It's it's just going to be if if Wan-Bissaka settles in quickly, plays well, um, is proactive, then I think the fee it goes out of the window because although it is a large fee and there is a, an element of risk with it, I think in the mod in, in the current market it's not that bad a fee to pay yeah. for a, an English player given his age, given all the factors. Um, so we shall see. Yeah. Yeah, I guess sure. I guess the positive is that they've got a, a good sort of quarter, even with Ashley Young got full backs in play on our side now as well, so mm. that should boot them. But uh the last point now we've got a Leeds United, the old rivalry can mm. come back on Wednesday. Uh, are you excited for this one? It's a game that although they've only brought sixteen players out here to Australia, uh, Leeds uh, it should be a game that maybe's got a bit more bite to it than the uh, the Perth game on the weekend. Yes, it could be more eventful off the pitch than on the yeah. pitch, given some of the um uh, what some some of you have observed in yeah. Perth over the last twenty four hours. Some lively Leeds fans last night when we were watching the uh, cricket and Wimbledon. And were they Australian Leeds fans? No, or? they were. They'd flown over. One of them paid four grand to come on this trip. I that's that's the pull of Manchester yeah. United for and you. And he was just saying, "Why do we do it? Just because we can." Which is fair enough if you've got the money and you want to want to tick a far flung country off your list. You might as well come on pre season. And, and Perth is nice as well yeah. as we've discovered. But yeah, there does seem to be quite a lot of Leeds fans out and about. I went for breakfast this morning, saw quite a few walking about. Obviously, the the manager's still not. Is he arriving today on the Monday? Is he BLS or is it the Tuesday? Uh, no, we we couldn't quite know. And speaking to a couple of the Leeds players this morning, um, they weren't entirely certain <laughs> because they were all they they were both quite jet lagged. Um, Liam Cooper and, and Pablo Hernandez. I think Liam Cooper told me he'd been awake since half two and then he went through their itinerary of like double sessions this that and the other and it sounds pretty pretty gruelling to say the least but there there was a suggestion that Bielsa could fly back to the UK um, after the game on Christ what day is it Wednesday Wednesday, because it's not tomorrow Um, so yeah I mean the the guy's so idiosyncratic but the, the Leeds players it's like water off the duck's back for them they've, they've got used to it after working um, under him for a year uh, it's it's a, it's a pity we're not going to have this game in the Premier League next season I know an awful lot of United fans do genuinely hate Leeds and yeah. and, and have revelled in their misfortune over the last 15 years well, there's something different about the, the rivalry of Leeds isn't it I mean obviously the War of the Roses it's Lancashire Yorkshire there's always yeah. going to be that and, and you you know, it would have been so nice if they were in the Prem because I think it would be such a nice reminder maybe for the newer generation that Leeds are the team. You know, 
because at the moment it's sort of Liverpool and Man City, but Leeds need to be in that conversation. It really yeah. is. Because yeah. I remember that yeah. FA Cup game, was it 09 the year? 09 10, yeah. Beckford. January 27. Yeah. I know, I know. When, uh, again, another classic case of Ferguson tinkering needlessly and then uh, ending up with egg on his face. Yeah. I think with, um, I mean, United fans still sing about Leeds because yeah. they do hate them that much. And, um, as I mentioned to Liam Cooper, the stick that Dean Henderson got at Ellen Road last season is a reminder of just how much uh, United are hated by Leeds. Um, Pablo Hernandez told me that he, he went to Ellen Road once wearing red trainers and was told by Leeds fans, you, you can't be wearing that colour around here. So um, Leeds United fans have certainly not forgotten about Manchester United, that's that's for certain. It, it is good that there's this friendly game. Um, I mean, just for entertainment factor, you hope there is some some needle there and yeah. um, you know things kick off in a in a nice, in a, in a, in a nice it's way like competitive don't yeah you? absolutely you yeah. want it to be a good spectacle absolutely the football rather than just the but it does yeah. seem as though because, I mean, Leeds have got 16 players over here they are jet lagged um, it, it might not be that much of a contest if it is uh, great because the, the one at the weekend certainly wasn't. I think Tony Popovich, the Perth Glory manager, said he was deliberately defensive because they'd have got battered yeah. 7 8 or 9 0. He, he was they were pleased with just losing 0, really. Yeah. They? They he clearly didn't that. watch United that much last season, how impotent they were, particularly yeah. towards the, the end of the season. The thing is, even when they had their 15 year old striker on, they still were getting in behind United, weren't they? Quite yeah, first, yeah so. that, that happens when you've got Rojo on yeah. the pitch. Um, but as you said, I think the fact that a whole generation has actually missed out on this rivalry. If if you were born at the turn of the century, um, you've not got a clue about it. Yeah, well, even me, 94. So my first memories of football were that lead side that just survived on the last day. Maybe Arsenal. And gifted United printed, the, the yeah. title in 2003. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was the first sort of And then they went down the memories. next season. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've only had maybe two, maybe three Leeds United games. Did the cart did they... Did the game? Did Jemba Jemba score at Ellen Road? Yes, he did. Yeah, that was that was their last season in the Premier and League was there in the League a Cup. League Cup gig scored at Ellen Road. Was it? Yes, that that was that was the last time. Submit, I think yeah. 2011. That League Cup yeah. game in the third round was the last time. But even they in, played each other. In my conscious following football, about five games between the two sides. Yeah. Really, that, that mean anything. And yeah, the, the, I think the last um, the last Premier League game. If my weird memory serves me correctly, <laughs> was February March '04, yeah. um, which was so long ago that Alan Smith actually scored the goal for Leeds. It was that was Free. a few months yeah. before he, he joined United. So, I mean, it has provided some like some cracking games in the Premier League era, yeah. and of course, you had the title duel between the teams in, in '91 '92 when Leeds had that uh, that brilliant midfield of uh, Batty McAllister, Speed, and Strachan, and and Cantonal was up front for them and from my dad's generation you're going back to the 77 yeah. cup final and the Don Revy team of Brevens, of that yeah. era and, and the, the rivalry with Clough yeah, the Premier League would be enriched by Leeds being back in in the league uh, I think they've served their time I know a lot of people uh, a lot of fans would be of the opinion that they should stay down there yeah. they don't want to see them come back up but when you Consider some of the clubs that are in the Premier League and with their terrible atmospheres, their terrible stadiums. I mean, we've had, we've had Reading in the Premier League for three seasons. Um, 
at various stages. You know, you'd, you'd much rather have have Leeds back yeah. in with that. Um, there's no really intensity. Fans I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be, and I don't think I don't think I'd care either. <laughs> they, they, they were legitimately the worst travelling so supporter United last season for that FA Cup game yeah. as well. Thankless kickoff though it was, they were. Was that mid so Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. There was actually a good atmosphere from United fans because they were the singing section. They established their yeah. um, the singing section, as you said. But yeah, Reading fans are are dreadful. Any other teams want to go out before we uh, before we go on the podcast? Any uh, any supporters that we think should should up their game? Oh well, I think I think every every support yeah. can at, at various stages. I mean, certainly at, at home, but um, yeah, Reading are always ones that spring to mind. Use gold music. Used to be sponsored by White Rose, oh, God, Mad yeah. Stad. Even like, the kit's just so inspiring. Yeah, I know something about. I don't know. They, they seem well. They were a breath of fresh air when they came up in in '06. But yeah, there was that excitement. They had Marcus Hanneman in goal. Marcus Hanneman in goal. Uh, Kevin Doyle up front. Yeah. Guys like that. Uh, Leroy Leiter. Dave yeah. Kitson, yeah, yeah, all that Kitson lot. Yeah, I can't remember. But I can't remember much else about them. Did they have? Did they have Jonathan Spectre or something? I don't know. Maybe in the Championship. There, I don't right. know. I don't know. They have got Tyler Blackett though. Yeah, it's always <laughs> always a good shout. But yeah, they will be playing Reading. Don't worry, it's Leeds no. United on Wednesday. Uh, finally, uh, what do you expect to see from United uh, after their first game? The the sort of focus on fitness is is going to be taking a bit more of a backseat now. Fans want to see more. More of a footballing display, I suppose, on Wednesday against Leeds. Especially yeah, because the, the opponents it, are just getting gradually better and better. Well, that's that's the thing in that you've gone from a an easy warm up act there yeah. to one that could be a little bit more intense just because of the rivalry. Then it's um, it's yeah. into we, you know, Champions League side, Syria, yeah. um, a, a Conte team. Yeah. You know, there's intensity there, and then it's. Uh, Tottenham another intense side usually although I don't think it would be particularly intense in Shanghai given the weather out there and how humid it is but there is that natural build up there certainly in this this Australasian um, leg of the tour then it's back to playing Christensen in in Norway which is a little bit underwhelming in comparison to some of the fixtures they're playing out here so that's that's the way he's got to look upon it, Solskjaer. And as I said, like Van Gaal took preseason very seriously. That one preseason where he had a full squad, yeah. in the players were playing in the same position every game. It was give or take the odd selection, the same team starting every game. He, he laid down a mark with that preseason that did filter through into the, the competitive season when that began as well, because they were uninspiring, rigid. Um, <laughs> Didn't, didn't create many many chances either. Wayne Rooney wasn't getting dropped, so uh, if if so, you know Solskjaer has the has the capacity to do that, uh, even though Luke Shaw's injured and Fred and Darmian aren't here. But I mean Darmian isn't much of a miss. Why they'd even want Darmian out here, I don't know. Um, Sanchez will probably come into the equation in in Norway and, yeah. and Cardiff for that AC Milan game. So I think it is worth him looking. Um, make, making selections in these upcoming games with an eye on Chelsea, even though it's still what just far enough away for us not to worry. Twenty-seven days away, I suppose. <laughs> the countdown begins. Yes, it? you can join us on the MEN for that daily countdown to the uh, opening day of the season. Samuel, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. On the latest episode, we will be back later in the week. I'm from Australia, for most, most likely Singapore. United play Leeds on Wednesday night before they fly out to uh, Singapore to take on Inter Milan. 
next weekend. So thank you very much for joining us on the Manchester Red Podcast. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And join us again next time.